Connection request not accepted on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in beautiful Alexandria, Virginia. And to my left is the incomparable Dylan Lewis. How are you today, sir? Doing all right, Sean. How you doing? Not too bad. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty full for our lunch, going to get a little barbecue. Yeah, a little afternoon slump coming in. Uh, game over. Anyway, uh, so first, uh, we're obviously going to talk about um, Twitter and LinkedIn's kind of rough earnings. But first, we want to talk about how those earnings came out and uh, uh, what a company called Celerity has to do with all of that. So first and foremost, what is Celerity? So Celerity is a tech media company. Uh, they use this proprietary data model uh, to deliver real-time data, news, content. Um, basically, they're what they call an event detection platform. And so uh, they crawl the web looking for links, uh, releases from publicly traded companies. And uh, every now and then they get lucky and they find a scoop. So what happened with Twitter? So around 3.08 p.m. on Tuesday, uh, Celerity tweeted out what looked like an early release of Twitter's uh, disappointing earnings. Uh, and this was about an hour before Twitter was supposed to announce uh, just after market close. So where did this come from? That's like kind of incredible when you think about it. Yeah, so that that's a really interesting thing here. So the way Celerity works is they basically mine uh, investor relation websites for earnings releases based on past naming conventions for earnings releases. So this is kind of a gross oversimplification here. But if uh, Twitter's earnings release, the file itself was like, uh, 2014 Q4 earnings release.pdf, they are banking on like the next one being 2015 Q1 earnings release.pdf. Right. Yeah. And so they're crawling sites for that naming convention. Uh, again, it's more nuanced, but you know, a simple So did version. Twitter screw up and accidentally post the PDF an hour early, or what happened? So what happened was uh, NASDAQshareholder.com is the one that runs Twitter's investor relation page. And so uh, it's actually the NASDAQ shareholder.com that made the link available, uh, though not publicly available as you'd see it on the web page via like a link you could click on. Right. The file was loaded onto the site. And so this crawler was able to go in and find it. Wow. So not exactly Twitter's fault, uh, really NASDAQ shareholder.com's fault. Um, Either way, I mean, either way, the stock price went crazy. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't change the fact that you know the earnings were what the earnings were. Um, and I think it's important to note that this is nothing illegal here, no hacking here. Um, this is information that was public, you know, just not in the conventional sense. Um, and this is the second time that Celerity's done this, uh, you know, with a major company. Uh, they scooped Microsoft earnings back in January 2011. Um, and there's actually other outlets have done this in the past, too. Uh, Bloomberg News back in 2010 uh, was able to scoop Disney and NetApp releases. Wow. So uh, Using I, a similar approach. I'm noticing that you aren't naming this happening to companies twice. So I kind of, this is kind of like a fool me once, shame on me, kind of, or shame on you kind of a thing. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Man. So uh, moving on to the actual earnings that Celerity actually was able to snag a little bit early. Uh, Twitter's earnings were not so hot, it looks like. No, they disappointed. They were about uh, twenty million below what was expected for revenue. My favorite thing was the fact that they had one hundred eighty-three million dollars worth of stock-based compensation and expenses. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, and I think people were also uh, fairly disappointed to see uh, mobile monthly active users a little bit below what they were expecting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's 
growth totally tapering off, but you always want to see user count growing. I mean, that's the monetized base. That's why you pay the price you pay for these social networks. Yes. Uh, the thing that I thought was interesting, and they kind of, I mean, they, they pointed it out and they owned it and everything, but um, they are basically in the process of trying to monetize their user base. That's why Snapchat's got this $15 billion value. They're assuming that somewhere down the line, these social networks that are taking advantage of this huge network effect will be able to monetize and actually make money. Um, the companies that obviously been able to figure this out really, really well is Facebook. I mean, they're killing it. And Twitter's kind of, they're stumbling here a little bit. They've got what they're calling direct, direct response product ads, which is basically it, it prompts you or me when we're surfing Twitter on our phones to buy a smartphone app or apply for a credit card or something. And uh, not only are advertisers getting a little bit nervous because they aren't getting the kind of data that they like to see because they've been spoiled by Facebook that has all uh-huh. of our info and where we live. Yeah, the, track, the tracking is a little bit more advanced with yeah, Facebook than Twitter. And it actually speaks to the power of Facebook. They know everything about us. I always tell the story about that T-shirt they tried to sell to me with you know State of Virginia and in in, 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 made out of an Ohio flag. It's like, you know where I was born and where I live now. Uh, Twitter doesn't know that about me. Yeah. They really don't. And uh, so not only are not people not buying these ads, and but uh, advertisers aren't willing to pay up for them, not only because of that, but because they, uh, Twitter doesn't seem to have the data that other networks have. Yeah, and I think that that was one of the things that uh, Dick Costello uh, primarily pointed to with the revenue miss and the earnings miss was the direct response ads and them uh, just misestimating their effectiveness and what they were going to be pulling in from them. Do they have a game plan going forward, in your opinion? I don't know. It's tough. Uh, you can say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. So, you know, they acquired Periscope, and, like, that's something that I'm very interested in um, just because I think it's— For our listeners, what is Periscope? Periscope's a live streaming video app, Um, and so it fits very well in with what Twitter does already. You know, Um, it's it's got that immediacy. um, It's got that breaking news element that I think people are really into Which is one of Twitter's advantages, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's one of its core competencies. And so I think that meshes in really well. It'll just be interesting to see again, like, how are you going to monetize it? and, you know, we'll see. We shall see. And uh, so moving on to the big news of the day uh, and the big stock price move of the day, of course, is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reported uh, earnings after the market closed yesterday. Absolutely decimated after hours trading. I think I, I sent it over to you and it was like down 28%. I think it's only down only, quote unquote, 20% now. But uh, they didn't miss by a ton. Like, what do you think is going on here? Well, it was funny, yeah, because we were sitting around like trying to figure out what we were going to talk about this morning, and we we're like, "Oh, like you know, I guess we'll have to talk and about Twitter." Like manna from heaven, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the it was gods. just just like <laughs> last week with Amazon. I mean, uh, it was just kind of knocked on our door and said, "Here, talk about this." Um, so when you look at actual metrics from this past quarter, and you're like, "Oh, this looks great." Um, you know, they reported 638 million in revenue uh, on 636 million expected. Um, they beat EPS. Uh, they reported 57. Had you asked a random person on the street and said, "Hey, this company did this, this, and this," would you say they had a bad quarter? They would. No, looks fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, EPS was 57 cents a share. 56 cents a share was what the expectation was going to be from the analysts. So looking back, you're like, "Wow, okay, not too bad." Like, I wonder what happened. And then you look at their guidance, <laughs> and that's kind of where the issue is. Stocks try to discount the future, and boy, is it discounting the future right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to give you some insight, um, it was expected that they were probably going to have about $718 million in revenue uh, in Q2 from analysts. So the and, quarter we're currently in, just for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. And so um, they then switched their guidance uh, down to about $670 million. 
uh, for revenue, and uh, what was expected to be about seventy-four cents per share in uh, earnings in earnings oh. is now down to about twenty-eight cents per share. That's the killer. Yeah, and you know, to their credit, like they addressed it in the conference call, I think fairly well. Um, you know, two of the main things that were affecting this, uh, in their opinion, were changes in foreign exchange rates and uh, some of the impact from the Lynda.com acquisition and some of the deferred revenue coming in. So. Kind of tricky there. So, if you're an investor in uh, LinkedIn or you know Twitter for that matter, what are how panicky are you right now? <laughs> um, I mean, if you believe in what they're doing, great time to buy, right? You know, I mean, so if you're if you're happy with leadership, happy with the vision, it makes sense. I mean, it's something that we talk about quite a bit uh, with the social media sites is LinkedIn's model makes the most sense out of it, any it, of the major social media websites. It has a social utility to it. It, it has helps so- people get jobs. I can connect with my coworkers. And the users are the ones paying for it. Right. You're not banking on re- ad revenue and ROI for businesses that are looking to leverage your platform for sales. Yeah, if I had to, now that we're saying it, like if I had to pick, if like somebody told Sean, you have to pick a social media site that's going to exist in 20 years, LinkedIn's probably not a bad bet just for existing in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it totally makes sense. Um, I will say with LinkedIn, um, so, you know, when they acquired lynda.com in the middle of uh, this past quarter, you know, we weren't really sure what to make of it. And, uh, you know, there were some details on the acquisition, but um, we weren't sure what, what the synergies were going to be, how they were going to try to break it into the platform, what the plan was overall, and what the financial landscape was going to look like for the company. And so, you know, this is something they brought up in the conference call. Um, you know, so they'd said when the deal was announced, uh, they were looking at about $150 million in revenue in 2014 coming from Lynda.com. And so analysts, uh, you know, said, all right, you know, assuming this deal closes around end of Q2, we can cut that in half and expect about $75 million, $80 million coming to the coffers for LinkedIn. Um, they're saying more realistically they're going to have to – uh, write that down to about twenty to twenty-five million, uh, based on uh, accrued revenue write backs. So it looks like they got in there, had to look at things in in depth, had to adjust their their uh, their estimates, and then you know, yeah, it is so, what it is. So if if things wind up being uh, you know what they expect them to, and they can leverage uh, Lynda.com to be this add-on service, you know, where people can develop skills and learn and become more well well rounded for their job search, then totally makes sense. Um, and perhaps now, uh, now that the stock's been dinged a little bit, you're getting it at a more reasonable valuation. Now you know what you're getting with this Lynda.com. Exactly. Rather than having you know the speculative aspect of it from the previous quarter. Always looking on the bright side. Always trying to. Good stuff. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Dylan. Yeah. Have a good one. Who knows what uh, the market will give us next week. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have something <laughs> fun to talk about. Very good. Well, before we go, I want to make sure our listeners are aware of a special offer we're having for all of our industry-focused listeners. If you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering our lowest price out there for industry-focused listeners. That is $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. Just head over to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have uh, formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!